and welcome back to the Tabletop Vagabonds, a D&D 5e real play set in the homebrew world of Aria. I'm Alex Wright, your DM, and I'm joined by the adventurous Amy. Hi, I'm Amy. I'm playing Melinda Wrench Nuzzle, a Sky Gnome Warlock, and I am joined by the doozy David. Hi, I'm David. I'm playing Finn, the Larsa Artificer, and I am joined by the craggy Craig. Excellent. Hello, everyone. I'm Craig. I play Volley Willowstar, the wild magic sorcerer. And I'm joined by the ever-artful Alex. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Alex. I'm playing Osric Springforge, the gear gnome forge cleric. And today I am joined by the terrific Tom. Oh, thank you. Hey, Tom. He's here. Hi, I'm Tom, and I am playing Corvanus, the Kensai monk. I am joined by our very adequate DM, Alex. <laughs> oh, adequate. Well, thank you. Um... <laughs> you are indeed. <laughs> I love it. Gets invited to a podcast, calls him adequate. Don't let it get in your head, Alex. <laughs> it was like that or a steer. Uh. <laughs> I know all the A1s. I'm also trying to find them all. Last session was pretty dangerous. And a bit of a <laughs> That's an understatement. Scary moment. Yeah. It started with some hooded Mordanus coming at you. You realize they're actually attacking civilians throughout the entire of Unity Day. Osric charged at them to try and defend his friends. Unfortunately, it didn't go to plan. It never does. You guys were getting very close to death, I think. It's... That's definitely fair. Yeah. Luckily, as things were at their bleakest, you were joined by Corvanus and Mordana, as well as Une and Tura to help defend and fight for you. Our white knights, who were thankfully not bitter about losing in the dome. You then managed to defeat the Mordanus, followed Tura, Une, and Corvanus as they rushed to the main tent to see if the Kirador camp was still okay. And while there, the Gearnomen forces came down from the sky. Leading the tier in forces was Bergwine Spanatung, who tried to bring order to the situation, but was threatened by King Arando of Kirador after finding out that his son was indeed killed in the attack. Corvanus, you were charged as a Justicar to find out who was behind the attacks, as Kirador did not trust Tyr to investigate it. Corvanus then, having no other allies, enlisted the help of you guys. It's only fair. He saved us the first time, so... Corvanus returned to the Kirador camp, as it was a time of mourning with the Dragon Prince being killed, telling you guys he will meet you at a tavern in the lower gears called the Three Bolts Heads. And also, excitingly, you guys are now level three. Congratulations, guys. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting times. They're getting less and less into the survival horror level of D&D &D and more into actually <laughs> yeah. being able to survive level of D&D. &D. Double figure health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can do more than just punch and die. Well, I don't know about you guys, but Osric feels pretty crap this morning. He is sore <laughs> as anything. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> You guys all managed to get individual rooms. It would cost you about two copper each. Volley probably wouldn't have taken a room. He will have found a little spot just outside the inn where he could root up, burrow his roots into the ground. That's where he gains his health back and how he recuperates. He takes essence from the ground around him, which heals him. And that's how he rests. That's pretty cool. On that, roll a d20 for me, uh, Volley. This is where I find out I didn't get any health back. Yeah, and also you got robbed. <laughs> Does he regular length rest or does he uh, like elf rest? It's like an elf rest, I think. So it's a four hour. Yeah, I don't have to sleep for the for the whole time. Nat 20, baby. Woo! Okay, so Volmine, as time goes on, 
when you root up, you do connect to the Mother Tree network to some degree. Yeah. Now, often this is more like a dreaming sequence. However, with a Nat 20, you are able to send a single message, no more than a sentence, back to the Mother Tree, if you wish. Oh, I would love to send a message back to the Mother Tree. And the message says, made it to tear, smiley face, you were wrong about me, smiley face, see you later. You just say the word smiley face. <laughs> yeah. The, the vomit version of emojis right there. In the morning, the light starts shining through. You guys are in effectively the archway into tier. So you can't actually see the gears yet. And there's the custom slash gateway where people have to check in to get in. As you wake up, you come down. Those of you that did stay in a room, come down to the tavern eating area slash breakfast area slash bar. Volley, I'm assuming as you wake up, you come in. And you, unless anyone's going to sleep in, you find the group already sat. Finn will be uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Probably a little bit late to the party. Volley doesn't mind a little bit of a lie-in now and again. Good morning, everyone. Hey, Volley! Hey, Finn. Morning. So what are we doing today? Go meet with that guy that we saw yesterday. The one who saved us. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I wondered why everyone seemed in a bit of a glum mood this morning. It's a beautiful day out. Well, Osric sounds like he's still been in the middle of the battle, so I'm not really sure how he's doing. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've been kicked in the spine repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, let's take it a bit easy. I've got my breakfast, which is a nice big bowl of classic tier grits, and uh, we'll move off when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. And Finn will be eating some poutine. Melinda, what are you rocking for breakfast? They must have some sort of bird-laying uh, creature in this place, so I can have some eggs. It's almost like a sparrow, but it's called a toucan bird. Yeah, it has like little eggs. Okay, well, I mean, I'd need a few of those eggs because they'd probably be little, but yeah, like some scrambled eggs. Um, and I'm um, been writing in my uh, journals, just sending letters. And I look up, but I'm not too chatty until I've had a good amount of coffee in the morning. There is a system where you can send letters using Sprite Tech, and there'll be generally a male Sprite available at most taverns. So if you want to send letters there, you can do it that way. Yeah, so I actually have a spell that's called Illusionary Script so that I can write on parchment and give it an illusion so that I can send stuff in secret, basically. It okay. means that no one else can understand what I'm writing. So I will cast that on my letter and then send that. So if I'm sat next to you and I'm casting a bit of a <laughs> side eye at you writing, do I see it or is it just like you're writing blank? So you might think it was a language that you don't necessarily understand. Yeah, this is this looks like tongs. Bolly's getting a little bit jealous of everyone eating, and since he doesn't really eat gnome slash human slash lassa food, he's going to just head back outside to a little flower bed he saw. Going to pick a couple of marigolds and come in and just munching on a flower. Isn't that cannibalism? <laughs> if it's not a tree, it's fine. <laughs> some trees do produce some very tasty flowers, but that is frowned upon. You realise each time Craig speaks about this shit, I have to write down some rules about Volmanet. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I picked Volmanet. Fleshing out the law. Right, I'm going to have a quick check of my clockwork watch. I want to see what sort of time it is, because I am ready to go. It's about 10am, kind of prime time to head into the city at this point. The bustling gateway of Tyr is starting to get busy again, as either merchants are coming in or those that have dealt with the situation from last night are finding refuge or getting back to their daily routine. So casting a glance towards Melinda, I am going to say, we don't want to be late, do we? I definitely don't want to be late. Thank you, Osric. Um, and yeah, having then looked down and realised it is 10 o'clock, 
Yes. Finn will be at the table tinkering with some uh, little bits and bobs out of his backpack here. Most people would just look at it and think that's full of junk, but it's full of things that Finn's working on or spare parts for things that Finn's working on. So he's trying to figure something out. So once you do that and you start heading to the city, the first thing you'll see are the gates of Tyr, these grand bronze gates that close at night and open in the morning. Tyr is a bronze and stone marvel of gnome engineering, a city inside a mountain, built to be on a series of giant rotatory gears, each one representing a district of the city, with the poor, smaller, and more densely packed districts lower down and the rich, larger districts above. One of the oldest cities in Aria, it's the original city where the term gear gnome comes from, Although gear gnomes have spread out and started smaller cities and towns, this is often considered to be their ancestral home. More than any other city in Aria, Tyr is a city of merchants, where you can buy your way to the top. But there is a huge disparity between the wealthy elite and the poor have-nots. Gear gnomes represent their wealth and status through dyeing their hair bright colours, a tradition that dates back to the city's founding. There is some debate among scholars, but it is believed this was influenced by the lasses naturally being born with brightly coloured hair. Unlike other cities that are ruled by kings, queens, or barons, Tyr is ruled by a council which is generally made up of gnomes, although throughout history other races have managed to pay their way onto the council itself. So, the first place you'll get to is the entrance, which in all honesty looks more like the customs section in an airport than it does the entrance to a city. There are security booths set up where everyone is declaring their name, where they're from, and their purpose in Tyr. We gear gnomes are good of our cues, so I'm going to join the back of one of them. <laughs> and I would highly recommend that we all do the same. Yeah, I'm following us, Rick. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the same. Folly doesn't really know what's going on. While you're in this queue, you're aware that there are stationed tier enforcers around to keep the peace. Osric, you've not been here for a long time, but you don't remember there being that heavy a presence. It makes sense that maybe it's mm-hmm. been raised up due to the fact of what happened last night. Yeah, things don't move fast here, but I don't remember it being this dangerous. I mean, I don't remember being attacked in my own city before. I should hope not. It does feel a bit tense around here. I've never seen anything like it. Thought we were past these wars. I'm assuming you guys separate to go to the shortest queue each. Yeah. yeah. And you'll be asked upon entering what your name is, where you're from, and what your purpose in tier is. So as I'm near the front of the queue, I will brush my hair back and shake out some soot that's collected there over years of blacksmithing, revealing some fiery orange-red ends near my scalp where my hair was previously dyed. And as I step forward, introduce myself as Osric Torian Glamtinker. As you do that, you notice the man sat behind the booth looks a bit, Oi, sorry, sir, I didn't know you were a Glamtinker. Uh, come on in, sir. Purpose, I assume, is returning home. Good to have you, sir. Uh, sorry for the delay. I don't know why you're in the, the slower queue. We've For higher ups, there's another queue. Uh, sorry, and he quickly just rushes past everything. <laughs> Let him through, he's a Glamtinker. Oh, I'm so glad this accent's returned. <laughs> I'm simultaneously both trying to say it's not a problem. I'm in no rush, but also keep it down. <laughs> Just shh, shh. It's one of those things you're telling it to be quiet. It's a glam tinker. We've got a glam tinker here. Oi, oi, Garen. Garen, open the gate. It's a glam tinker. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I get past this very excitable guy for 10 o'clock on a morning, I want to shake my hair back into the way it normally lies. Those who are near. It's all three of you, actually. Can you roll perception for me? Hey, not one. Folly <laughs> <laughs> is not paying any attention to what's happening around him. Volley's probably in a queue for one of the first times ever. Nine. Volley, amazed by the tear enforcers in the archway, that actually you ended up being prodded in the back. The queue's moving. Keep moving. Oh, 
oh, sorry, sorry. And he like shuffles forwards. You guys do hear the shouting of Glam Tinker, but you've not noticed what maybe Mal will, if she does well. Uh, 12. 12. So what you do notice that there's a bit of a, rather than just this one guy shouting, there's also a bit of a stir from gnomes nearby who have noticed the name Glam Tinker. It's not like a, an amazing orb, but there's a bit of a, oh, 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 that's a Glam Tinker. Okay. And I guess uh, I heard about Brock Glamtinker at the talk yesterday, and I'm pretty uh, diligent in knowing the names of uh, people who are important in the world of Arius, so um, I guess I maybe would be starting to think that it wasn't a coincidence. As you guys get through, does anyone not give their name or not declare a normal reason for why they're here? Uh, Volley will say he doesn't know. <laughs> well, that, that's all right. I mean, are you here for, for business or for pleasure or, I mean... We don't get many Volmany around here, in all honesty, so I don't really know what to mark you down as. Uh, uh, I'm just kind of here with some friends. Uh, I'm with Osric, you know, the, the little the little gnome fellow. He's my friend. Hi, Osric! Right. <laughs> you know, I, I was trying to blend into the crowd, but I feel like Volley needs this, so I will turn around and go, come on, quit dawdling around. We've got jobs to do. Upon seeing that you're with Osric, he's just going to write something down on his pen and be like, go on then, on you go, on you go. He's going to take a step forward and then stop, and he's going to grow one good berry out of his left palm, and he's going to offer it to the guys to get you through the day, sir. Thank you. Very kind, very kind. Thank you very much. Bye. You guys are now inside Tia. So what you see is huge falling gears of whole city districts, all slightly turning incredibly slowly throughout the day, so point that you have to pay attention to realise it. But there's a very clear disparity between some gears that are higher up that look far more pristine, clean, and wealthy, and some gears lower down. It's almost like a tiered system of gears. Tier, if you will. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 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 world building. And, um, <laughs> some great insight there. And um, it's like your average medieval city, except it's very mechanical. It's very gear-based. It almost looks steampunk in its design, all based around this idea that each district is on a forever-moving gear on different levels. So guys, we've, uh, we've got an address, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got it here. Um, it, it was the Free Boltheads, the pub. That's where we're heading. So Alex, is this an older pub? Will I remember it when I was last in tier? Roll history with, I'm going to say, disadvantage you would never really have been this way in the town ah disadvantage you said because the first one my first role was a nat 20 my second (laughs) one was a 15 i got 15 again so i mean the only time you're gonna roll nat 20s is when you've got a disadvantage (laughs) yeah we know it we know it yeah with a 15 i know this city it's been a while um since i've been here but i'm guessing i know vaguely how the gears work with a 15 you know how to get to the lower gears the Lower Gears is actually a name for a specific gear in mm-hmm. the poor area. So you know how to get there, and you'd have a pretty good idea of where the tavern area would probably be in that district. You don't know it well, but you, you kind of roughly could guess. All right, come on, let's get to it. Wh- where are we going? We're going to meet that, that man we met yesterday. Yeah, you oh. remember? Mr. Corvanus? How many times have we got to tell you, Polly? It'll take you about 20 minutes to get there. The interesting thing about Tier is it has a sort of a monorail-esque system that goes round the outside of the gears. So the quickest way to go would be that way. Osric, you'd know that. Uh-huh. As a group, you have two options. One, it would cost you two copper to use it. The other option is, Osric, if you are making aware of who you are, you might be able to barter to get it for free. 
I would prefer to walk, but if my party prefers to ride the monorail, and I'm fairly sure both, well, arguably all three of them look like they're trying to dance their way through the door already. <laughs> I think I might defer to that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't mind. Is it two copper for all of us? Two copper each. I'm not saying who I am, so I will pay. Look at the machinery. It's amazing. Um, well, I'll pay for me and also Volley because he doesn't seem to have any money when it suits him. <laughs> <laughs> He's just freeloading off us at this point. Finn will pay for himself. Finn's going to walk up to the guy at the desk and ask, um, I know this might not be okay. Obviously, tell me if, if I'm out of line, but can I look at the engine or any of the workings? The monorail is a very specific thing to tear. It's kind of one of our main secrets. You know, it's, it's all gear tech. I'm sorry. Uh, you'd have to ask someone way higher than my pay grade to even remotely have a chance of looking at that. <sighs> That's all right. Can't hurt to ask. And I palm two copper into his hand and give him a nod and head on my way. So everyone pays. It'll take you only five minutes and it's the second stop on the monorail and you get off at the lower gear where you come off at the station is only around the corner from where you assume business slash tavern district would be. Right, guys, it's nearly time for our meeting. Perhaps we should get a bit of a move on, yeah? Yeah, great. All right. Off I trot into the distance, my hammer's clicking on the ground. Uh, Melinda definitely wants to take some snaps of the monorail and just general No, nope, no, nope, come on, cutting it fine. <laughs> it's one of those moments where like, the kids take a picture and the parents just kind of yeah. dragging them along. <laughs> Time for tourism later. Hey Mel, it's like Osric's you now. <laughs> I know, but I've never been here before. <laughs> As you're dragged while taking a picture, out pops a really blurry painting and you hear a, a voice from inside. I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> Sorry. As we walk, I'm going to kind of like shuffle up to Osric. Where, where are the trees and the flowers, Osric? How do, how do you live in a place like this? It's so mechanical. We're a bit down in the shade here. We need to go a bit higher up if you want to see some trees. There might be three mm. on the higher gears. <laughs> and on that, as you go around the corner, you see a sign of three bolts on a red shield. Corvanus there waiting for you impatiently, staring at you and tapping his foot. Oh, good. Look, there he is. Finn will enthusiastically wave. Hey, Mr. Kavanis! Hey! What does first light mean to you? Told you guys we were going to be late. How's Rick? First light means we need to have a good night's sleep after a battle. We're sorry. It, does, it, it matters not. Anyway, let's go. My informant, I think, will be in here. But I have to warn you, be careful when ordering drinks. Whatever you do, don't order just oil. You may actually end up just Drinking oil. Uh, not, not that I've ever done, done that. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. It, it's his tongue stained slightly black as he talks to us. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a, a dribble down his top. <laughs> that seems oddly specific, but thank you for the information. Just some wise just a car knowledge there for you all. Oh, cool. From outside, the tavern looks incredibly stereotypical of your dodgy back-end pub where a brawl might start. Dodgy dealings are done in corners. Brigands. Exactly. <laughs> Melinda's going to try not to touch anything. However, as you push into it, suddenly it looks incredibly upper class. It looks very swanky, pristine, clean. Behind the bar is a list of all the different ales and beers it offers. There is a waiter with a little apron walking around carrying a tray with glasses, it looks almost the antithesis of what you've just seen. On the list of ales, can I see oil? Uh, there is an oil boil special. <laughs> that is up there. 
Does it give like a little brackets of whether or not it's like a, an ale or a porter or anything? Like that? Is it literally just brackets oil? <laughs> it goes oil boil special, and on the side it says eighty five percent oil, fifteen percent alcohol. You also see a mirrorful gold and a Skyglide GPA. Can I please get a tonic quarter? <laughs> yeah, if, if yes, of course. Uh, that'll be. And he kind of looks down, types into what looks like a small box. Little yellow hand pop out with a receipt. Uh, one copper for a tonic water. Would you like lime or lemon with that? Uh, just a tonic water, thanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, that is beige. <laughs> <laughs> he looks around to rest of you. Ah, I can see you're some connoisseurs. Might I uh, entice you with a, a selection of trials? And you see he pulls out a flight. It's called the light to dark. And you've got this light ale and it goes all the way down to pure oil. Yeah, Finn's very interested. Yeah, I'd love to give it a go. Perfect, perfect. Five copper for the trial. Anyone else? You, Mr. Modanas. I can see you got a bit of oil on your lip there. You're a man who likes the darker stuff, am I right? Nope. He's just going to walk off <laughs> straight away <laughs> and just go straight to like the patrons in the bar. I'll order him an orange juice. <laughs> you order him an orange juice? Yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Would you like a little umbrella in that? Yes, I think he would like that. Perfect. He reaches in, pulls out this really funky umbrella and puts it in. There you go. That'll be one copper. Yep. May I just have a bowl of water, please, Mr. Man? He suddenly realises there is someone incredibly tall. <laughs> yes. Would you like that in a watering can or...? Uh, any open container with an umbrella, please. Perfect, perfect. He pulls out a stein and puts a little umbrella in the top. There you go. <laughs> On the house, good friend. What's everyone doing? I'm just going to scuttle over to where everyone else is sitting. I'm standing here with my flight of trials, waiting for Corvanus to lead us to his informant. Yeah, following him, he went over to the table, right? Yeah, so I've gone over to a table to wait for my contact to come to me. I'm going to pass you the orange juice. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to hesitantly, like, sip it. (laughs) Not oil. I like this drink. Finn takes his glass from his flight, that's the oil one, pours it into a little vial to save, to maintain his machinery. <laughs> nice. Now, we need to get to the bottom of who started these Unity Day attacks. Now, there's only one person in here I know who knows everything that happens in all the tiers. And whatever you do, don't talk about the feline folk, okay? The, the Koyang? You mean the Koyang? Molly's yes. face instantly lights up at the mention of the Koyang. He's like, I love those guys. They're so weird and wonderful. Everyone there, roll perception. 15. 8. 19. Everyone who gets above a 10 is suddenly aware that there's quite a few mouse folk in here and all of them are just turned and death stared at you. And you can see some of them <laughs> reaching for their knives and stuff. <laughs> Volley puts his hands up and he goes, Oh, I like the mouse folk too. <sighs> Y'all fight too much. Life's too short. You hear a sheen as someone's rapier goes back into its scabbard slowly. <laughs> <laughs> are we done talking about them? Corvanus's eyes are like completely wide and it's extremely on the feline scale. What? What? Polly, just listen. You can learn a lot when you just listen. <laughs> he needs okay. to keep your voices down while we're in here. Oh, oh, I see. A mouse folk is going to walk over and put down his pint glass onto the table and push in next to Corvanus. There seems to be an awful lot of talking about them at this table. Do you mean the Koyang, sir? What did I just say, Volley? They are 
pure evil. They are our ancient enemy, and we will not rest until they are defeated and slams his pipe down. Isn't that right? And all the mice go, yes, yes. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. With his head in his hands, Osric takes a little sip of his oil chaser. <laughs> you do realise there's like one or two gnomes who are just like, what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tick, my friend. I see you have not lost any of your colour. Absolutely not. I didn't get this far without making sure I keep my enemies and know where they are at all times. And he flicks his eyes round to the windows. They could be anywhere. I met a really nice Koyang the other day. He spits at that on the table. Just flower gobs on the table. No. I mean, I mean, I mean guys, it's the first rule of the free bolt heads. <laughs> <laughs> it says it above the bar, above the word trials. It says... <laughs> <laughs> Here's the list of all the things they offer, and then below it in big, big letters, size 100 font, do not mention the Koyang. <laughs> do you know anything about the Unity Day attacks? Yes, I... I've been looking into it myself. Me and my merry band have been investigating what could have possibly caused that. Ah, yes. Your merry mousefolk men? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. My merry mousefolk men. That's what we call each other. The MMM. It rolls off the tongue. Yes. The triple M, some say. If they... Mmm. Mm, mm, yes. <laughs> if we were, they would say if we weren't so secretive. And, if we weren't so... That's what they'd call us. We have t-shirts, actually, and he kind of turns around, you see there's like triple M on the back. But, um, you know, we keep them hidden, and he puts his cloak back on, because people don't know we exist. Finn rests his hand on Volley's shoulder, as if to say, calm down. <laughs> Harry, a t-shirt's got to catch them all. <laughs> Many a mousefolk men make madness in the streets. That's just it. There's nothing that a mousefolk card know that goes on. We have ways of getting around little alleyways and gaps that other people just don't know exist. So yes, we've been looking into what could have caused or been behind. I have my own theories, in fact. And he kind of looks off pointedly out the window, where you see the window actually just leads to a blank wall, and he's just staring in the distance. Is there something in the wall? <laughs> he seems to just be staring pensively. I was thinking, dramatically. Can um, I catch a bartender's eye and order a plate of cheese to the table? <laughs> Yes, my lovely, what can I do? For, I don't know why they're off in the West Country. What can I do for you here? I love it so much. Um, yeah, can we get a plate of cheese for the table, please? Oh, uh, We don't do it in plates. We do it in wheels, madam. We do it oh, in great. wheels Oh, great. Just a cheese. few wheels, then. A few wheels. All right. So, Tick, what is it that you think might be happening around these parts? Corvanus, are these people to be trusted? Are they part of... Are they M&M and M and M material? Uh-huh. I don't know if they'd fit your, your merriment of men, but mm. they certainly helped me during the Unity Day attacks. I feel they can be trusted. Those that have survived the attack have been saying that the attackers were shouting, death begets birth. That's a phrase that we've been hearing a lot here in the lower tiers. What do you know of that? We heard that too. There have been people in cloaks going round, asking if people have heard about their religion and trying to convert people. They call themselves... The followers of the eternal message. A lot of strange rumours about them. There's been talk of them moving large barrels of what some did think could be explosives. What do the followers of the eternal message follow? Which are the gods? No one seems to know. They're very secretive. Although I did actually follow the followers, if you will. And I follow them down Wait. to an old... <laughs> we like to have fun here at the m and m and m it's just, it keeps us going, you know. When you're down here in the lowers, you've got to keep a bit of humour. It kind of keeps you up. Mm. 
I followed them down to what was some old steam pipes. Now, Osric, you will know that these old steam pipes are great steam pipes that go throughout the whole city. Back when the city was purely and only steam powered, these were used to funnel steam. They're huge. Yeah, they're massive. They're like storm drains, aren't they? Exactly. And they were used throughout the entire city. They're now no longer used, but also kind of forgotten about. I followed them to an old steam pipe and I saw something very peculiar. They went up to it. They lit their fire onto the wall. Writing came out, and then I couldn't hear what happened next, but they then walked through the wall itself into the steam pipe. I don't know how they did it, but I tell you, they're behind something. I just feel it in my tail. Do you think you'd be able to show us where on the pipe it was? Yes, I absolutely could. But I want this clear. I am not doing anything else. I am taking you there, and then I am leaving. I want no part in what you're doing next. These people are bad news. If they did what they did to Tia during Unity Day, I don't want anything to do with these guys. Nope, not me. Nope. Please do keep enjoying the cheese. It's for everyone. I mean, there are three wheels of cheese on this table. That's a lot of cheese. (laughs) (laughs) The cheese came out a while ago, and as soon as it came out, Tick did just funnel one of them into his cloak pocket. (laughs) That's fine. They were diplomacy pay. Nobody's probably noticed because he's been keeping it on the down low, but everything Finn's been drinking, he's been doing it through a straw. Oh, I did wonder about that. Every time he eats something, he just tips his mask a little and just chucks it up. And uh, he's got this little straw he pulls out of his backpack for drinking the beer flights. Tick, you help us now. You might be helping yourself. If these people can do what they did to Tyr. Normally, the death of a few rich people isn't a problem to me, but a lot of good Tyrians lost their lives. (laughs) (laughs) I owe you yet again. There's no time like the present, and he's going to actually just pick up the remaining cheese and start walking away. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Osric's going to sit there and be like, what? Well, do you want to go or not? And he's, he's saying this while putting the cheese into a bag. He's not even addressing that as a situation. That's fine. <laughs> he's going to slam the rest of his oil and uh, get going. <laughs> Perfect. Just one little pick-me-up before we go. And he's going to get some cheese, put it on the table, start smashing it with a knife, and then just <laughs> sniff it up of his nose. <laughs> All right, let's do this. I, I'm not well-versed in modern city life, but that was weird, guys, right? <laughs> yep. I have... Been a few places, not many, but a few, and that was one of the strangest things I've seen, if I'm honest. Look, he's got information we need. <laughs> From then on, the whole time he leads you there, he now has like a little twitch. Uh, okay, uh, right, this way. So he leads you down a windy series of small roads and pathways between rickety old houses in what looks like a very poor area. There are slightly unsavory characters, some noticing you, some going about their day. It would seem almost like he's leading you into a trap, except he's not. I will still have my hand on the hilt of my hammer, just in case. All right, follow me this way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, if any of you are scared, I will, of course, protect you. And he taps his little rapier by his side. I know you mouse folk are famous for your mouse traps. Ah, uh, that we are, yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> Curiosity killed the Koyang, but so did I. <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) I love that. He takes you to this huge, I mean, about seven volleys wide, seven volleys tall pipe. (laughs) Is that how we measure things now? Yeah, that was my question. Everyone else is so small and measuring it all in volleys. It's the same height as it was wide, if that makes sense. He takes you to the side of it, so it's not the opening, right? Well, this is where I'll leave you. And he points to the pipe and he goes, right there, there is a symbol. They put fire on that, and then they went through. I'm out. Good luck. See you later. 
Corvanus, next time you reach out to me, please let it be under better circumstances. Goodbye. I've got cheese to eat. Goodbye, friend. Enjoy your cheese. Thank you. And he kind of tweaks a little bit and walks off. Bye. He was nice. Yeah. Finn stares at the pipe. Um, I mean, I have torches. Does anyone have any fire on them that we can... Volley, like, instinctively steps backwards away from the group. <laughs> Finn was not looking at Volley. <laughs> I think it's fair, yeah. Volley, you take a couple of steps back to the other side of the pipe, mm-hmm. and let's see what we can do with a bit of this. As Volley takes a few steps away, I will cast heat metal onto the surface of the pipe, making it glow red hot. Okay, so the first thing that happens, a couple of things happen. The first thing that happens is you see a symbol appear in the center of where you've touched, exactly where Tick pointed. It's a circle with a diagonal line going through it, and at the bottom of the circle is an upside-down capital T. Anyone who wants can roll religion at disadvantage or history to see if they know what this is. Both Both at at disadvantage. Both at disadvantage. 15 on religion. Uh, Finn gets an 18 on history. I got 14, so I guess you guys are figuring out more than me. Yeah, I'm not even going to say what I rolled. (laughs) Anyone got a 15 or above, you recognize this symbol as the symbol of Ziggurus. This is a symbol of Ziggurus. Why on Aria would there be cultists of Ziggurus? He's been dead for 200 years. This makes no sense. This is bad, really bad. What are we going to do? Calm down, Finn. It might not be that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh my. I've read enough books. And that's, that's what that is. Just a car's fright. By gods, you're right. This is what the monastery in the Order fears most. A second later, it fizzles away, and then exactly where it is. As though being written by a quill of purple sparks, a language appears. Does anyone know demon? I do. Okay, Tom, so you can read this. It's a language taught at the Justicar monasteries. If I'm correct, it says, I am oft devoided, but never outrun. You come to me, although I am shunned. Some will hide and some will cheat, but in the end, we always meet. My kiss for thee and all I share. Worship me and do not despair. Say my name. I'm just going to look at it and say, I'll say it back in, demon. Death. Purple sparks will start at the top and then draw out an archway of about eight foot, and then a purple shimmering light filling that archway will arrive. What on tear did you just say? It was demon. What was the word? The, the, the word? Death. Nope. I don't like this. Mm-mm. Don't worry, Volley. It's fine. It's fine. Um, actually, I don't know if it's fine. We need to figure out, though, who caused all that terrible destruction yesterday and hurt all those people. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Mm, okay. I'm going to step through the archway. Yeah, Corvanus will step through it as well. You go through what feels like cold liquid for a split second before you arrive on the other side and you're inside the giant pipe. It is lit up by little floating flames that are keeping it illuminated. Can we see the rest of the people behind us? Behind you where you came from, all you see is that purple shimmering light in that archway. The rest of you guys, they disappear through this light. Are you following? Reluctantly. Yeah. Yeah. So as you step through, everyone else, you are hearing this chanting that's getting louder and louder, coming from down the pipe to your right. 30 plus voices just in chorus. Death begets birth. Death begets birth. Chanting this together. So I'm going to raise my finger to my lips 
and look at everyone, especially Volley. <laughs> These aren't Zvarts. I think we need to go really quietly. Stick to the shadows, silent as sleep. What are you guys doing? To move down the pipe stealthily. Trying to follow the shadow, the shade, as much as possible. So who's leading you? Colvanus, I assume. Sure. And then I guess it makes sense me next year. I'd assume that Volley would take up the rear being the tallest. <laughs> yeah, probably. If we were to try and get noticed the least, he would be the best to be at the back. I'm going to look down at my exoskeletal clad metal feet. Look at Volley. I'll stick back with you, big guy. If Kovanis and Mal are leading the group, both of you roll stealth. I rolled 14 on my stealth check. 11. As you go down this pipe, you move from what is effectively a corridor to they've built a door into the pipe. So to your right, you've got a door. And then in front of you, you've got another door of loud chanting. The doors open and you can have a look inside if you want. The chanting stop and then there's like murmurings and you hear a female voice ring across the crowd. All right, thank you for arriving here at introduction. Glad to have you all here. Very excited. with a lot of new faces there. Garen, Garen, are these your friends? Yeah. Thank you for joining us here at the Followers of the Eternal Message. It's lovely to see some new people. Thank you. Now, what we're going to do is if you all go into the dressing room, change your clothes and put on the new robes, we're going to start measuring your internal essence. Each one of you will have to hold on your internal essence and divulge your secrets to our trusted guides and we'll measure your internal essence levels. Okay? So if you all just step through into the changing room, we'll see you all shortly. It's so excited. So excited. I'm just going to turn around to the rest of the group and go, we used to measure internal essences at the monastery, but I don't think she means the same thing as us. <laughs> have you just made fantasy Scientology? <laughs> 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 not properly but yeah there's some, there's some influences sure so are they going into the room that was next to us right now there's an open archway door you're seeing shadows of people coming this way and you're hearing their footsteps and then to your right is a small room with the door quickly uh, act like them we can slip on by death begets life Death begets life. Death begets life. Death begets life. Melinda can't quite bring herself to say it, but she will like play along. As you do that, the first one to come out through the door is a human wearing this long, dark red robe with that symbol on his left breast that you've seen on the pipe before. I didn't know we had some other uh, initiates around these parts. Why, howdy, nice to see you. How y'all doing there? Death begets life. Oh, you know, it's actually uh, death begets birth, but you know what? The scriptures are to be interpreted as you please. So you know what? Death begets life. It, it sounds better. It's got a little hook to it. Yeah. Both are pretty uh, aspirational. Death begets life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know what? Let's do it. Let, everyone together now. Death begets death life. Death begets life. Death begets life. Death begets life. You guys are doing it. That, that's what, Get the chorus going there. Death begets life. Guys, <laughs> and all the people following it, about 30 are like, death begets life. Death, 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 death begets life. That's right. Death begets life. All right. You know what? Maybe I like that better. Well, you're a bit late for initiation and all that, but hey, it's all right. More faces, more the merrier. Am I right? Come on in. We'll get you in one of these nice little initiate robes. How's that sound? Great. You got a vomit, eh? No. That's downright weird. We ain't got no... That's, I'm so excited to hear that you've heard the message, Volmane. That's fair. It's nice to know that we're reaching out even into the grove. They're feeling the power of the eternal message. That's just... That's swell, is all I can say. That's swell. Volley physically winces at the mention of the message getting to the grove, trying to put on a smile and just goes, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Roll mm-hmm. deception for me. All of us? No, just... Well, yeah, actually, yes, absolutely, yes. All of oh, you Thomas, come on. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's... Roll it with advantage because you are doing the chant, to be fair to you. I want to be nice. You are doing the chant. 20. Oh, thank God you said that. My first roll was a three, and oh, I have zero shit. to deception. I got a nat 20 on my second <laughs> one. God, my first roll was a 12, my second was a three. I've Oof. got a 10. Craig and I got nat 20s, so that should carry you. No, mine's a, mine's a dirty 20. 16. Okay. Because you got that 20, I'll allow you to bolster Melinda. I'm proficient in deception as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're really into this. Like, um, we, I gathered these guys at a local tavern after hearing about it. We were like, yeah, let's go to the followers of the Eternal Message. That's where we want to go. That's just great. I'm, I'm really happy that's kind of, this, it's resonated with you, you know? We got a lot of people to deal with, so we got to get getting those robes on, you understand? I'm just a bit nervous. Could you just tell me a bit more about what's going to happen? I'm just a bit unsure. Sure, sure. Uh, you guys just go ahead. I'll just, I'll, he looks to one of the other road people. We got a little scared initiate out there. I'll deal with this. Why don't you come over here? We'll have a little chat. How about that? You guys just go in there, put on the robes. They're all hung up for you. Uh, leave your clothes and your items in a box on the side, all right? Weapons are allowed. Because they come in very much in handy in the initiation process, if that makes sense. You come over here, we'll let's have a little chat. I mean, we could all do with this information, if that's all right. Information is key. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. Well, okay. You know what? You missed initiation. So all of y'all, we'll have a little chat over here, okay? Have a bit of orienteering. So he will take you round the corner away from the rest of the people to make sure that any qualms, queries, or concerns regarding the initiation process are not heard by the rest of the potential acolytes. Excellent. Everyone else goes into that room and it takes a while to get changed or whatever. My name's uh, Acolyte Abrix. Uh, I'm one of the lower tier acolytes, you understand? So I'm here to help make you guys and the transition between your mortal being and your mortal mind and the joining with the eternal message a little bit easier. You, you, you understand? You've read the pamphlet, you know. Well, actually, uh, we kind of just got recruited on the street. We just heard like a, a kind of a top level. Oh. We just really were like sucked in by uh, by what they said. Interested is what he means. So uh, we haven't really had the proper literature. We, we don't like the term sucked in, you know. We're offering a new way of life. We're not trying to, you understand, it, it, it hurts my feelings a little bit. I mean, does this organization have to pay taxes at all? Ah. That's a higher-up question. I wouldn't want to be talking about that. Now, sorry, I would have thought you had a pamphlet. You all not have a pamphlet? Okay, so, well, as you know, because you do know, because you're here, obviously, today's initiation day for new initiates to join the eternal message, that is, that death is the one and only true God, and that our mortal coils are a hindrance for us to be one with the eternal death. So, we are trying to raise your essence levels to a point that you can become beyond your mortal coil and join the eternal sleep. And how do you raise people's essence levels? Ah, we learn all we can about you and about what your personal tethers are, and then we kill them. And then you no longer have tethers to Arya, so you are free from your material world. Oh, okay. Okay. How did you find this? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. It's a scary process. You know, when you're standing there and your little brother 
is being beaten to death with clubs, you know, you have a second thought. I'm going to be honest. You have a second thought, maybe two. But you got to remember, it's better for them. They're with the dead god now. So if anything, the screams of pain and fear are actually, as the High Acolyte says, laughters of joy. It's all for the greater good, you understand. So why attack? Why kill people who, who aren't followers? How, how, do you, how do you deem their essence if you kill them before, before we bring them down here? I'm just wondering about the people up above. It's a very strangely specific question. Well, I, I, there was, there was uh, on the way here, you can't help but come across the, the guards and the tinkerers talking about such events. We heard rumours about the kerfuffle yesterday at Unity Day. We heard a lot of people uh, chanting the good word of the church who were attacking people. So, um, Who did you say your uh, acolyte was that told you about this church? Oh, it was, um... Can I possibly try and charm person at this point? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, it was going okay, and then we started telling him what we thought. Um, so you need to do a wisdom save. You bet you're going to bloody okay. pass it. A 15. <sighs> yeah. Damn it. I can't wait till I'm a higher level. <laughs> uh, that's how he passes. Okay. Oh, okay. That, that's, that's not okay, all right? We, we don't touch other people with our spell. You know what? I not getting good vibes of all of y'all, so I'm I'm gonna go get. He's gonna start showering and running down. Anyone let these guys in? I think we got some intruders over here. I, we got some like ruffian types. I don't like them. Galvanus, what do we do? Uh, huh. Shazam! Punch him in the head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Roll to hit because he's not paying attention to. So I like your surprise round. I hit him with. Oh, I don't know if I hit him, but I got sixteen. <laughs> That will hit. Roll damage. Okay. I really hope there's no one else around right now. Six damage. And I will also use my unarmed strike as a bonus action, if I can. Yes. Okay. 17 to hit. <laughs> that'll, that'll do it, yeah. <laughs> seven. So six plus seven in total. Yeah, you knock him out then. He goes, I got we... And he goes straight down. He's out. Shazam! <laughs> he just doesn't. Palms him in the back of the head. He's completely unconscious. From down the corridor, you hear someone go, Did I just hear Acolyte Abrix? Oh, yeah. I was having lots of fun, and you don't need to come down here. <laughs> roll. roll. <laughs> that was beautiful. Roll deception. Oh, I'm so glad. Like, that wasn't me because I was thinking. Not the same 20! Thing. Was that yes. actually? Yes! <laughs> okay. Oh, props for the quick thinking. That was great. What an accent. <laughs> I really like the, the love the layers of accents you had there. <laughs> okay, well, all right, as long as you're fine then. Well, back to the initiation, everyone. Back into the main room. Come on. And he leads the other. Thanks a lot, y'all. I'm gonna whisper to Finn and just go, ask him where the master plan is. <laughs> Uh, could you please tell us what's the master plan? Again. Again? I forgot. <laughs> oh, Abrex, you're always forgetting where the master plan is. It's written in the main room, you know, in their quarters, on the table again. Ugh, silly, Abrex. I'm going to start walking. Thank you. You're quite welcome, Acolyte Abrex. Always so forgetful. 
and is going to start leading the rest of the people back into the main room for the initiation process. They're coming out, and they all went straight to the main room. You guys were around the corner, but effectively behind that dressing room. I think we need to move this guy into that room. Is there any um, boxes, cupboards, lockers? Now that everyone's left the dressing room, you could take him into the cloakroom and put him in one of their lockers, effectively. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do that. Okay, so you, yeah, you can you go into there. You can stuff him in one of the lockers in the American high school esque system <laughs> and get him in there. Folly will step forwards and help Melinda carry this human body. Really, I'm sort of like just directing the lifting. I'm just sort of suggesting that there are a bunch of robes around us now, right? There are there are a bunch of spare robes for sure. Can I inspect one of the robes for magic? Yes, yes, you can. That's a uh, thirteen of Arcana, if that works. Yes, so. The robes are magical, and you sense that there is a low-level dominate person spell on the robes. Hey guys, um, as much as I think we should try and blend in, I think putting on these robes would be a really bad idea. they got a spell woven into them to dominate people with essence. It's good to be saying that as Volley's literally putting it over his head. He's like, oh. Oof, that really explains uh, well, how they've really gotten so far with their plan. And how they've mustered their ranks. I mean, maybe if we take the robes off the people, they'll turn back to normal. That's a good idea. But there's a lot of them out there. That's a good point. Can I check to see if there's a way to break the magic on these robes? With a 13, other than destroying the robe. No, you do know that Dominate Person is a spell. While someone is charmed by the spell, someone or something has a telepathic link to the person under the spell as long as on the same plane of existence okay guys um i think just don't put on the robes can we take the robe off the acolyte abrix oh whilst he's unconscious yeah he could be our test subject uh we derobe abrix then in corvanus just merrily <laughs> okay yeah the robe's off so you want to wake him up now to see whether it has worked we can always punch him again. If we need yeah, to. I was about to say, uh, Calvanus, maybe, uh, maybe ready yourself in case we need to knock him out again. Come here. He, just, <laughs> he just pulls his fist back. How are you waking him up? I'm going to just blow uh, gingerly in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> he stirs quite lightly from his slumber. Oh, yeah, that's not. Thank you. He goes from being in this peaceful slumber with someone gingerly blowing in his ear to the stark realisation that he watched his entire family get beat to death with clubs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you, Alex, you know you're meant be, this is meant to be a comedy podcast, right? <laughs> this took a turn very quickly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, what did I do? Oh, no. Abrix. Oh, little Timmy, why? It's, it's, it's okay you weren't yourself the robe it made you do it ah like i believe in the power of the dead god but damn the clubs were unnecessary abrix what's the last thing you remember i feel like maybe a knife or a sword could have made it slightly slightly less time consuming oh my ah. god Oh my okay, God. We can't too go. brutal, too brutal. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Oh, God, what do I do? Uh, I don't really know where I go from here. It's only upwards from here, I should think. You can help us. 
Don't let Timmy die in vain. There's a lot of people here. You don't want them to make the same mistakes you have. Roll persuasion. Oh, not 20, baby. Oh, 24. Oh, my God. Abrix has been nat 20 a lot. Yeah, he has. Abrix just kind of breaks down and hugs you, Melinda. Yeah, I'll take the hug. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, I can't believe the dead God wants this to happen. He doesn't want us to kill our family, does he? Like, Zegras tried to bring peace to the world, you know? It's okay. I know it's a lot to take in, but there's so many people here who we need to help. He kind of sniffles and kind of wipes away his tears. He looks around at all of you and then straight in Melinda's eyes. All right. All right, you're right. I'll help you, know- you in any way you can. I'll, if you want, I could take you to him. I could take you to the high priest. I'm going to look around at everyone else and see what they think about that. Kovanis, what do you think? Gets us to the root of the problem, I, I guess. We can nip this thing in the bud. Yeah, let's, let's get this over with. This place has no right to be here. Great. Okay. Take us to him. Take us to your leader. All right, there's a way. <laughs> there's a- and, in the, and in the meantime, if, if you see anyone and you think you can get rid of those robes, that will you know, really help them. Yeah, all right. I mean, I'll take you to him and then I'll go and see if maybe I can, I don't know, maybe I can start a new church. Like still, you know, about death and we still kill people, but less of the robe stuff, you know? I mean, it's a compromise. Yeah. I always find love and life is worth celebrating. Just to check. His Apex butt naked right now. Yes. I thought so. That changes the hug. It was just yeah. a- <laughs> butt naked. <laughs> he does crouch down to hug you as a gnome, though. Uh, really, oh, like, yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that really changes the hug. Symbolically and physically, I feel free now that I don't have the robes on. So I'm going to keep this whole naked attire situation. I mean, there's lots of other clothes here that aren't charmed. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the last clothes I put on made me beat my small little brother and my entire family to death with a club. So you can understand my slight reticence about wearing clothes now. Go forth and bask in the cleansing nature that is nudism. Thank you. Although I do think you won't, you won't blend in so well. <laughs> He's going to... All right, come with me. I know uh, that's okay, because I, I know a back path, a back passage, if you will. <laughs> through to where the leader is, where our high priest is himself. I can't go in there. I don't want to look at him in the eye, but I can take you to it. And then, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I'm going to go start a new... Maybe freedom of choice is more important. Maybe maybe nudity is, is what it's all about. Show us to your back passage. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to lead you through. He takes you out. Rather than going right into the main room, he takes you left back to where you first came in and goes to another wall, creates a flame, a light comes on, exactly the same as when he first did your words, and he says, in a language that none of you understand except for Corvanus, he says, life, and another entrance opens. All right, he's through here, just down a corridor, is his private chambers. Uh, I don't know, I need to, I need to spend some time thinking about what I do next. Thank you for giving me my free will back. And Repent in your ways and find, find new meaning to do good. Thank you. And he uh, just goes out the entrance you opened into the world butt naked. The last things you see are his ass cheeks going through the purple liquid. Jesus Christ. Come on now. (laughs) That somber, no. The last thing you see are his plump... 
pink ash sheets glistening as they go through the purple. Oh. <laughs> and that's where we'll end this episode. <laughs> oh my god. And welcome back to the outro. I'm joined today by Amy slash Melinda. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me here in the outro zone. <laughs> On your own podcast. Yeah. You're very welcome. <laughs> hey, I'm not usually allowed in this bit. <laughs> how, uh, how are you finding the cult? I mean, I'm slightly horrified, beating their families to death. Um, and <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. you know, the compromise is a different death cult. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we've got a really nice review here. Okay. Want me to read it to you? Absolutely. I won't, I'm not going to read it to you, but uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what's going to happen. Wrinkles has left us a lovely review. Ooh, love the name. Yeah, they don't even play D&D, but they're loving the podcast. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, not bogged down in the heavy, nerdy bits. That's what I like. Also, I don't think the D&D is as nerdy as everyone likes to think it is. Yeah, I don't think it. I think a lot of people get scared by it, but actually it's telling a story with your friends. You know, that's kind of what got me into it. I mean, you can be nerdy if you want it to be. Yeah, but the maths isn't as heavy as I think people think it has to be. I mean, no, you just make it up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't do that. <laughs> um, yes, thank you. Please do leave us reviews. Uh, we love it. We do a little dance. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Yeah, every single time we get one. So, yeah, please. And even better, recommend us to a friend because yes. that's a high compliment. It is, it is. And, you know, you guys have helped make this community by telling other people about it. So we're really thankful for that. That's amazing. Please keep doing what you're doing. You're all fantastic out there. So appreciate it. Yeah, we love it. I mean, I only thought one person's going to listen. So, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we also love hearing from you on our social media channels. Mm-hmm. So if you're not following us on social media already, come find us on Instagram at Tabletop Vagabonds. And on Twitter, it is Tabletop Vagabo One. Come say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Next episode will be a bit exciting and different. It'll be a Christmas, or should I say, Zvartmas episode. Ooh. So the gang will be playing different characters that they don't know who they are yet, but it should be it should be a bit different, a bit of fun, and it will be in Aria Canon. Actually, no, I don't know that yet. I don't know. You guys, <laughs> you guys completely <laughs> fucked that up. I don't know yeah. if that's true. I'm I was going to say, don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> it may or may not be canon based on how much they fuck me over. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, hopefully, I can eat some imaginary mince pies and uh, drink some mauled wine. Although, I feel like the Zvarts probably rather have mauled blood or something terrible like that. Yeah, it's probably Sildred pies and gnome blood. But, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Great. Well, looking forward to that. That's all for now. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks very much for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>